0: Every minute of Narrative's reporting, every story that we break, is made possible by our patrons. You too can become a patron by joining at patreon.com forward slash narrative. Narrative, where truth lives. Tonight, the sacking of former Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy in a palace coup has set in motion a set of events over the next seven days that could determine the next presidential election and the future of the republic. And that's not hyperbole. Also tonight, our feature investigation for premium subscribers. Who framed Hunter Biden? Turns the table on the political operatives who exposed the president's son's private data. That's all coming up tonight on Narrative. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Narrative. A reminder that the second half of tonight's show Part 1 of Who Framed Hunter Biden is only accessible to premium subscribers. You can access it by signing up at Patreon or YouTube. You won't want to miss this investigation. But let's get to the news first. The stunning news came out of Washington, D.C. on Tuesday. House Republicans had ousted their speaker, Kevin McCarthy, from the speakership in a dramatic vote on the House floor. Hours later, McCarthy announced he would not attempt to reclaim the position, which is the second most powerful in the United States. As McCarthy lay metaphorically wounded on the House floor, it was Florida Congressman and GOP firebrand Matt Gates who acted as Brutus, holding up the blood-soaked dagger in his hands. The irony, of course, is that it was Democrats acting in unison who were Gates's chief accomplices in ending McCarthy's leadership. Granted, McCarthy had done himself no favors by criticizing Democrats on CBS's Face the Nation on Sunday morning. But considering McCarthy's potential replacements, you have to wonder why Democrats ousted McCarthy at all. Leader Hakeem Jeffries is gambling that the Republican conference won't be able to coalesce around one candidate who represents the entire party. But if they do, the House may be in the hands of one of the most extreme politicians ever to gavel in a Speaker. Judging by the two leading GOP candidates, Democrats may come to deeply regret their vote to oust McCarthy. House Judiciary Committee Chairman Jim Jordan, Republican from Ohio, was first to publicly announce his candidacy, followed closely by House Majority Leader Steve Scalise of Louisiana, throwing his hat into the ring, and then Kevin Hearn of Oklahoma threw his hat in. Of the three, the frontrunner is current House Judiciary Committee Chair Jim Jordan, who has consistently threatened American democracy since arriving in D.C. in 2016. But Jordan is also the highest-ranking chairman involved in attempts to impeach President Biden over the business dealings of his son, Hunter Biden. Which is why electing him Speaker could fundamentally alter the course of the republic. Former Speaker McCarthy may have launched the impeachment inquiry two weeks ago, but his approach was too tepid for the extremist wing of his party. Take a listen to Matt Gates excoriate Kevin McCarthy for not being serious about the impeachment inquiry into President Biden just two weeks ago on MSNBC. He doesn't really mean it. He knows he broke the deal in January. He knows there are enough of us in the Republican conference who want to hold him to that deal. And so he's he's throwing impeachment out like an ill cast lure and he has no real intent to follow through. By the way, if he did, we'd subpoena Hunter Biden. Like, if this was a serious effort, call it an inquiry, an impeachment, oversight, whatever you want. If you were really serious, you'd subpoena Hunter Biden, get answers they're not serious. And that's why you see this failure theater in the Absence of real accountability. More than anything, the reason Matt Gates ousted McCarthy is because McCarthy refused to take a full vote on the impeachment inquiry. Jim Jordan has not only embraced the idea, he's embraced Matt Gates, which suggests if Jordan is made Speaker, one of his first moves may be to call a vote on President Biden's impeachment. In the meantime, Representative Patrick McHenry of North Carolina will serve as the temporary speaker under House rules. Republicans will meet next week to select their nominee, who will then be put forward for a full House vote. And that's when things may take a very dramatic turn. Democratic leader Hakeem Jeffries, known for his very cool demeanor, would never risk a Biden impeachment. He's just too smart to do anything like that. So he's likely calculating a very different ending to this saga. In a twist worthy of a season finale of the fictional series House of Cards, the House Republicans are so fractured and their majority in the House so fragile, Democrats only need a handful of moderate Republicans to join them in supporting Jeffries as the unity speaker candidate. He would then lead a coalition government which would wrest control of the House away from Republicans and permanently sideline the extremist Republicans like Matt Gates, Jim Jordan, and Marjorie Taylor Greene. Don't take my word for it. Here's Assistant Democratic Party Leader Jim Clyburn. Hakeem Jeffries. He is someone who has demonstrated over the last several weeks, uh, in fact, ever since January, uh, when we put his name up. The American people have been looking at him and the way he's run the Democratic caucus. And if you're going to have a bipartisan speaker, uh, let those eight join with us on the Democratic side and let's give Hakeem Jeffries the 218 votes he'll need uh, to be Speaker of the House. Now, I'm saying that. I know full well uh, that's as far-fetched as almost anything I could think of. But uh, if those eight people... Cannot work with their own, maybe they'll work with us. Such an ending is obviously too sweet to even contemplate as being real, but let's just do it for a minute here. Is it likely that as Matt Gates gloated about his speaker kill, he missed the larger plot taking shape around him? That his supposed moment of glory of taking down Kevin McCarthy would actually lead to his very own demise? Surely such a delicious ending are only fit for Shakespearean dramas and the House of Cards. But in this case, it could well be reality. We only have to wait six days to find out. And perhaps the best reason for sane Republicans to support Jeffries as Speaker is what the remainder of tonight's show is all about. House Republicans Jim Jordan and Matt Gates, amongst them, want to impeach President Joe Biden because of his son's business dealings. If the claims against Biden are true, then an inquiry might be justified. But what I found out in my investigation is that the Hunter Biden scandal is not your typical Washington scandal. It's a weapon targeted at the heart of democracy. And, and I'll explain why as we launch our investigation into the origin of the Hunter Biden laptop scandal in our new premium series, Who Framed Hunter Biden? It'll begin in 60 seconds. Welcome back. The ousting of Kevin McCarthy and the possibility of Speaker Jim Jordan are both historic and chilling for the republic. Kevin McCarthy may have had no spine. He was a glutton for greed, a lapdog for lobby groups, and a Donald Trump appeaser. But he is no Jim Jordan. Jordan has been called out time and time again as an agent of Russian disinformation. He's been a Kremlin mouthpiece since he joined Congress, opposing Donald Trump's first impeachment and being a key organizer and enabler of the January the 6th coup. He, along with Matt Gates and others, are doing now what they couldn't complete in 2020, attempting to overthrow the sitting U.S. president using weaponized disinformation gained by our foreign adversaries. That's what Who Framed Hunter Biden is about. You won't see any revelations about Hunter's activities or private life, no data or photos here. What you will see is evidence we have amassed revealing the Hunter Biden scandal for what it is, a foreign intelligence operation designed to oust a democratically elected president and return an insurrectionist, twice impeached, four times indicted, dictator-in-waiting, Donald Trump, to power. I think the issue for us is the longer we don't understand these we're just gonna keep showing up here, and, and we're gonna just gonna continue. was break me down. And all we want to know is just the, the order things how they happened, so that he can get it right. And until then, you're gonna continue to face this question I I still have an interest in protecting the people I care about. That is the voice of John Paul McIsaac, a computer specialist from Delaware, being interviewed by a gaggle of reporters on the day the New York Post broke the story about Hunter Biden's laptop. The story broke in October 2020, just one week before the election. The sudden publication gave the story the stench of a political operation. That was certainly the question on reporters' minds that day, as they grilled MacIsaac at his electronic repair store in Delaware. According to McIsaac, a man claiming to be Hunter Biden brought in three water-damaged MacBook laptops to his repair shop in April, 2019. And I, I, just, I, I asked him for his name, because the standard procedure is, i like, let me get you checked into the system. Uh, first name, under, second, last name. There was a long pause. The customer came in with three products, three three liquid damage back Pros. I felt that if people knew what I knew, then my life would be in danger. If people knew what you knew, the people, as in again, Biden's and not? I mean, because now people do know, isn't it? There's a, there's a, there's a, lot of players with, like, the Ukrainians are the Okay, email, email, yeah. he they'll, they'll put that in there. he has got a hit squad. McIsaac never provided any more details about the Ukrainians or their hit squad, but he did say that those threats against his life are why he first contacted the FBI and then sought political help. The laptop and its shocking contents remained out of public view until the New York Post published its series of explosive reports in October 2020, just weeks before the bitter presidential election between Joe Biden and Donald Trump. The timing fueled speculation that it was part of an orchestrated political smear campaign against the Biden family. And if you listen closely, McIsaac does appear to admit that he gave the laptop's hard drive to none other than Rudy Giuliani, via his lawyer Robert Costello, because a lot of people don't, and if they were accused of working with Rudy Giuliani, they would say, "No, I hate that guy." I don't. I don't like hate. <laughs> I don't like that guy. I'm not, uh, I'm not that type. He I'm not tell the truth. I'm not built that way. Uh, I when you're afraid and you don't know anything about the depth of the waters that you're in, you... You kinda, you, you would have fully the lifeguard. Oh, shit. It was Rudy Giuliani was the no, lifeguard? Uh-huh. No comment. Cool. I, but, I mean, you um, just said you sought out a lifeguard. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, you I really sought out stuff? a lifeguard with my friend that knows more about this stuff than I do, and I sought out help from a plethora of people and um, you'd be surprised how nobody wants to talk to you. And so when you were are at the end of the line, you said, all right, I'm gonna to talk to Rudy Giuliani's lawyer, I'm gonna get it, I'm gonna, to... no one else will help me, I'm gonna get them the help No comment. Well, it sounds like you just said you sought out help from a, yeah. several people. And so was there was an intermediary between you, someone, and Rudy Giuliani team. No comment on, on that part, but I needed help. I needed help. I thought the FBI was going to help me, and then I got the overwhelming sense that they were going to help me, and I needed to do something else. Help you to do what? Keep me safe. What you've just been listening to is an interview with uh, J.P. McIsaac, who is the uh, owner of that famed Delaware store, where this laptop of Hunter Biden was apparently dropped off, and where he was somehow able to discover all this personal information of Hunter Biden. Now, the more we've investigated this, and the more we listen to that tape, nothing he's saying is a hundred percent the full story. He does seem to have had some involvement with Rudy Giuliani, including threats from a Ukrainian hit squad. It certainly does not seem like the typical electronic store owner who came across. A laptop but it is interesting that in the lawsuit against costello and giuliani hunter biden says the defendants themselves admit that their purported possession of a laptop is in fact not a laptop at all it is according to their own public statements an external drive that defendants were told contained hundreds of gigabytes of the plaintiff's personal data so that is very interesting detail for people like you and me who are fascinated by this stuff because we've always spoken about this laptop as a laptop. We've never thought about it being anything else, but it isn't a laptop as it turns out. It is perhaps something much more than a laptop. It could have been data that came from the iPhone of Hunter Biden. Here's another piece of this lawsuit against the Costello and Giuliani. You'll notice at the end there, it says defendant Costello also admitted publicly that he had accessed and reviewed plaintiff's data reflecting what he claimed was the laptop's photo roll. Now, Laptops don't have photo rolls, as far as I know, they have photos, they have a photo section, but the photo roll is something that is quite unique to the iPhone or whatever phone you might be using. And so it's another indicator that this data that they were looking at was not laptop data, but phone data that was seized from Hunter Biden's either iPhone or from a backup of his iPhone. If you remember, this is not the first time such a thing has happened because there have been iPhones and backups of iPhones in the various scandals involving uh, Democrats in the last few years. Remember, of course, Hillary Clinton had her backups exposed, so to speak, in the Anthony Weiner case. Rudy and Costello were going around everywhere showing everyone that they had what they called the laptop and that they said it was loaded with data from a hard drive from plaintiff's computer. Uh, and then onto Giuliani's computer. Now we know that is in fact true. There was a hard drive that came from somewhere. Maybe it came from J.P. MacIsaac or maybe it came from elsewhere. And that Rudy Giuliani does in fact go around with these photographs and shows them to anyone who wants to see them. Part of his smear campaign against Hunter Biden. So the important thing to take away here is that there is a chain of possessions supposedly that went from John Paul MacIsaac from the Delaware pawn Shop to Robert Costello to Rudy Giuliani. We have to just assume that There's some sort of setup with the maybe Ukrainian mob that involved John Paul MacIsaac, hence the hit squads. Maybe he got given this data from someone who was close to the Russians, maybe. And he then in turn handed over to Robert Costello and Rudy Giuliani. Perhaps he was looking for help, as he claims. But boy, did he land up with the wrong people for help because they are the ones who ended up distributing it. So we'll keep that in mind. I want you to keep that in mind because that is one aspect of the story where we now think maybe this wasn't a laptop. Maybe it was dropped off through unusual means, not necessarily by Hunter Biden, maybe by Ukrainian mobster of some sort. Maybe it landed up in this man's possession, not because he saw it, but because it was downloaded onto computers that he had. He mentions Ukrainian mobsters, and we know quite well that Rudy Giuliani loves Ukraine and certainly knows a lot of people in the Russian side of Ukraine. We know he's connected to Pavel Fuchs, the oligarch, which you reported ourselves many years ago. He got a $300,000 check just for, I think it was consulting, but more likely it was for something else. There's a, his connection to Lev Parnas and Igor Furman, who are connected as well to the rabbi of the Ukraine. Rudy Giuliani, there in that Instagram post, having a, a cocktails or a smoke, I can't tell, with the chief rabbi. And then, of course, all these people are connected to each other through the Jewish community in the Russian side of Ukraine is currently being bombed by Russians. Keep in mind that Ukraine is not just an accidental player in this narrative because of course, Hunter Biden's allegations are based around Burisma. The initial impeachment allegations were based around Burisma. Here we are again, them trying to have another impeachment this time against Joe Biden. And again, about Burisma and Hunter Biden, it seems impossible that this is coincidence. Keep in mind that Ukraine shows up a lot, that it probably wasn't a laptop, it was an iPhone. There is no Hunter Biden laptop per se. So as people start talking about that, as they talk about all these allegations around Hunter Biden, there is none, as far as we know. Maybe someone was able to access his backup of his iPhone on his iCloud, that's possible. Maybe they were able to access it on his laptop, but this idea that the laptop was dropped off somewhere, that's not true. What happened was his iPhone was hacked or his backup of his iPhone was hacked. And once they hacked it, they were able to take that backup and put it down into a hard drive, which they then distributed to Rudy and Costello. Now, they're not the only ones, by the way, who've done this, because in addition to the little team that Rudy Giuliani had there, there was also another team. And this team involved Jack Maxey, who worked for Steve Bannon for a while, and also Garrett Ziegler, who worked for Peter Navarro, the former trade representative for the Trump White House. Both of these men have close associations with Asia to, we think, the Communist Party of China, but they certainly seem to be connected to that part of the world and certainly to people in the Chinese mainland. These guys also say they accessed Hunter's laptop. This is Garrett Ziegler now. He's one of these Navarro aides. He's a former White House aide He worked for Donald Trump as something called the Marco Polo Nonprofit. And basically, he says here, the data that the defendants have uploaded to their Website is data from plaintiff's encrypted iPhone backup. This is a separate lawsuit that's going against Garrett Ziegler now by Hunter Biden. And he says, in an interview that occurred on and around December 22nd, defendant Ziegler bragged that they hacked their way into the data purportedly from the plaintiff's iPhone, from Hunter Biden's iPhone. And we actually got into plaintiff's backup and we were able to be the first group to do that in June of 2022 like Steve Bannon, Jack Maxey, are all part of this vast network trying to bring down Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. And they're doing it by making sure that all these allegations arrive at, at the impeachment inquiry and that hopefully they hope that that Joe Biden gets impeached. Now, this is just part one of our series into Who Framed Hunter Biden. The takeaways we want you to take away today are these. It was not a laptop. It was an iPhone. The other thing... We want you to take away is that the iPhone was probably hacked, probably from a distance and then downloaded onto a hard drive. And that's how it maybe got to JP's uh, store or to the um, lawyers in question or to any of these guys, that it might've been a much more professional operation that hacked into these iPhones because it's hard to do, hard to crack the encryption code of Apple. That's not easy to do, but Garrett Ziegler seems to have done it. So how did he do it? And then we'll be answering some of those questions in the next while. But what you have here is definitely a a, a conspiracy to defraud the American voters once again. The same thing that Republicans tried to do in 2021 where they tried to have the coup. They're trying to do the same thing here. The hacking probably came from the Russians or from the Chinese. And that they found a convenient scapegoat to launder that data into a so-called hard drive and then get it to Giuliani and Costello. But what we really are dealing with here is not your typical scandal. This is not something that just naturally erupted. This is something that has been set up by our foreign adversaries. And so you ask yourself, okay, why is Jim Jordan, who's about to be potentially the Speaker of the House, why is he pushing all this stuff that he knows, because he must know, why is he pushing all this Russian propaganda? Why is he pushing a Russian operation to unseat Joe Biden and reinstate Donald Trump? What is going on here? You can see what's going on here, of course. You've got people like Matt Gates. you've got people like Jim Jordan in the House, who are so affected by Russian propaganda, who have for several years been affected by Russian propaganda, and that they are pursuing now what is a Russian strategy to get rid of the president of the United States. And it seems to me that anyone who allows this particular impeachment process to continue, no matter how accurate the information is there, is basically aiding and abetting the enemy in an attack on America's democracy. So these guys are actually committing crimes up there by allowing this impeachment proceeding to continue, by allowing this impeachment proceedings based on Russian disinformation to continue. It is, in fact, perhaps a treasonous crime. Maybe we'll find out one day that it is. This is just part one of so much more information about how Hunter Biden was framed by Russian intelligence, by people working here in the United States for Russian intelligence, in order to gain a specific footing that allowed them to do what they're doing now, which is the impeachment of Joe Biden. When you think about the speaker and you think about why Kevin McCarthy was ousted, you got to think about the fact he wasn't going for this impeachment. Who is going to go for the impeachment is Jim Jordan. So maybe the reason we're seeing Jim Jordan now in likely contention for the speaker is because he is going to vote for the impeachment and allow there to be a full vote on the floor and to push this Russian propaganda, this Russian operation to basically destroy the American Democratic system by improperly and unjustly unseating a sitting president. It's the same thing as Jan 6. It just continues. When will we ever learn that the insurrectionists, they're insurrectionists and they probably shouldn't be in the House in any form whatsoever, and we should follow the Constitution and not let them remain there. Next week, we'll continue who framed Hunter Biden and continue our commentary about events as they proceed in the House in this incredible shakeup which could see, as we reported earlier, Hakeem Jeffries, the Speaker of the House. Thanks for watching again on Narrative. We really appreciate you, and we appreciate your support at patreon.com forward slash narrative, and we'll see you next time. Every minute of Narrative's reporting, every story that we break is made possible by our patrons. You too can become a patron by joining at patreon.com forward slash narrative. Narrative, where truth lives. One day, you'll tell the story of autocrats, crooks, and kings who came for our freedom. A story of citizens who stood up to tyranny and won. The people prevailed, and renewed an old vow to a more perfect union. And that was just the beginning. The story continues. Narrative, where truth lives.